Hey, my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 110 Green Healing Show. How Lifestyle Medicine Helps with Every Health Problem with Reed Davis, founder of Functional Diagnosis Nutrition Certification Program and Board Certified Holistic Health Practitioner. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel in YouTube and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Get pregnant by unleashing your reproductive power. Welcome to my show, Reed. Well, thanks so much for having me here, Pintia. I'm excited about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I know we already had interview together, but for uh, people who don't know you, can you tell me about yourself, uh, what you do exactly? I already introduced you, but what happened to you to come to... Uh, this field, functional medicine, and um, I know that you've done lots of labs and uh, you already tested in so many people. And what was your experience and what do you want to talk about today? Well, I'll talk about anything you want to talk about. I noticed the title here says how lifestyle medicine helps with every health problem. Uh, It does. It does. You know, I, I back in the 90s, I was in environmental law. I was a conservationist. I was cleaning up the planet, air birds, water, trees, bees. And I started turning my attention after seeing how bad the environment was affecting the everything. I said, what's it doing to people, including me? I didn't want anything sneaking up on me. And so I started working in this clinic. And there I became a a clinical nutritionist and a certified personal fitness trainer. And I was helping the staff there. And uh, uh, it it became really evident to me that people were stuck. Everyone walking in the office almost. And it really bothered me when they said that they had already been to five or more practitioners, eight, ten practitioners. And I personally had not had any real health challenges other than getting banged up, you know, from physical uh, activities, sports and motorcycle riding and so on. Uh, So I I didn't know how bad this medical system was. Everyone was caught in this cycle of trial and error. And so I thought, I'm a pretty smart guy. I can figure it out. (laughs) It was really naive. But I said way back then, over 20 years ago, I'm going to be the last person you need to see. We're going to figure out how to fix this permanently. Instead of just going from one practitioner to the next, you're trying this therapy and that therapy and this diet and that uh, supplements, you know, and forget the doctor because they uh, mostly have just drugs and surgery. That's all they have to work with. So people are too smart for that. And so uh, believe it or not, I started chugging away. I I didn't know you couldn't do it. I ran thousands of labs on thousands of people and I noticed some patterns. I also had very, very good mentoring at the time. Some of the leaders in alternative medicine, it was called back then, but, but I wasn't a doctor. So this is the key. They could look at these labs and diagnose and treat specific things, 
but I couldn't because I'm not licensed to do that. I had to look at those labs in a different way for just the healing opportunities. Like, can these labs, alternative labs mostly, can they show me what's really wrong with a person? And, of course, I found out they could. There's, there's, there's healing opportunities in these labs. But then the other part, since I'm not a doctor, you couldn't just get out a prescription. And I didn't want to just sell supplements. I actually tried that at first. It was, I was, the training I had was kind of relative to that. And that wasn't working either. So I, I had to develop a complete lifestyle program, a very holistic program that would not treat anything specifically, but treat everything non-specifically. So every cell, every tissue, every organ, every system would get the benefit of these changes we'd make in behavior. So we run the labs now and we look for healing opportunities and there's lots of them. And if you identify enough of them, that's the other thing to identify a whole cluster of the most important healing opportunities and then customize and apply the general principles of health building to that person. And they just get better. Like it says how lifestyle medicine helps with every health problem. Yeah. I don't really, um, uh, discriminate, you know, whatever your health problem is, if you run some labs, look at these healing opportunities, I could give you the, the labs we run, no problem, and then apply these principles, and I could give you those, no problem, uh, then people just get better. Now, we've been doing that for over 20 years, and in 2008, I actually started teaching a course so that others could do what we'd done so successfully in the office back in you know, again, back in Southern California, uh, working with thousands of people, it just worked. So we spread the love around the world. Yes. yes. Actually, Actually um, what I just realized, um, you always saying we you shouldn't treat the paper. So that's why, uh, as you said, for the thyroid, you said, okay, it's low or high, don't you... That you try to adjust it with the hormones and uh, before you try to find the root cause of the issue so of course that that's not going to be resolved and I like about that because uh, that's the problem so some medical doctors just go with the symptoms but if they go and dig into it they see they might uh, find other underlying uh, health issues and those uh, labs that you go through uh, may not be found in um, general labs that we can see in medical uh, system so what are these labs exactly and how, why do you go through them well the labs are saliva urine blood and stool testing for the most part you can use hair uh, can tell you some things about a person that almost no other lab will. But we run these labs. It's it's not so important which exact lab or lab company and these kind of things. There's different ways to skin the cat. But you got to be looking at the hormones, the immune system, digestion, detoxification. And we look at energy production and the nervous system. Now, that happens to spell hidden, H-I-D-D-E-N. Hormone, immune, digestion, detoxification, energy production, nervous system. So that's the pattern I recognized when I was running thousands of labs on thousands of people. 
no matter what their problem was. It was mostly women. They came in with migraines or, um, you know, female problems or just weight or fatigue or you just name anything. Aches and pains, all kinds of stuff. So I just noticed that if I worked on those things, and this took a long time to discover, mostly running hormone tests at first, and then I started looking at digestion and then the immune system and detoxification. So I learned the labs over a long period of time, and I came up with that pattern. It just appeared. Uh, I think I've been been foolish not to notice you know, that there was a pattern going on here. So I don't feel like a hero or anything. I just recognized the pattern. I started, everyone who came in, I just said, well, here's what we have to look at, ran those labs, and we've found all kinds of healing opportunities in just about every person. And then, so those are the labs, hormone, immune, digestion, detoxification, and so on. Spells hidden. And then the other important discoveries were found mostly in the area of uh, lifestyle. Now, this office that I worked in was mostly chiropractic and acupuncture and massage, and I was the nutritionist. And I was responsible, too, for for he was the health director. So I pretty much interviewed every person walking in the door. That's when I recognized that cycle of trial and error that they were all caught in. And uh, I started really realizing that it wasn't coming in the office that was helping them. It was going home and doing the things we tried to teach them to do during uh, the period between visits. So I would say, Mrs. Smith, you're coming in the office, you're getting your adjustments and your treatment you know but you're when you go home what do you do at home well they just kind of go back to their whatever they were doing and thinking we're the ones they're going to fix them and so another thing that i really recognize and it's especially important today is that these people were putting the control of their health in someone else's hands it's a doctor you're going to end up on drugs if it's a uh, personal trainer you're going to do exercise if it's a nutritionist you're going to eat better food if it and so on and so i started really thinking that you know control of their health needs to be in their own hands not mine and not anyone else so it became more of a challenge to educate so i put to, it all together into a uh, easy to learn form you know it's called the fdn course <laughs> yes what a course i really enjoy it so uh read Tell me about the life. What do you mean lifestyle? What kind of, uh, um, what type of uh, life we have to look for? Is it only diet, only sleep, or do you have yeah, formula it, for it? Yeah. So, so in our world, people have problems, and they, they we take them as they are. Uh, they come with a certain set of instructions built into their body. That set of instructions, you could call it genetic potential. So there's innate intelligence. All your cells know what their job is. And they are subject to this, this genetic potential or your genes. It's, it's subject to the environment and your behavior. That's what's influencing. That's where the signals are coming from. So let's say every cell in your body knows what its job is you better provide it with some good signals, a good clean environment and a good clean lifestyle, or you will pay the piper. And um, this whole field of lifestyle, it's really epigenetics. It's epigenetics. So you have your genetics 
you can't change that. You can't change who your parents were. Uh, I actually love my parents. I don't want to change who my parents were. <laughs> but you can't change the what you were born with, the deck of cards that you were dealt, so to speak. But epigenetics, we have a lot of control over that. And so what are the main epigenetic factors? Diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. Those are super epigenetic uh, influencers that, that can provide very positive signaling to your genes, to, to your genetics, to your, your potential. And by the same token, uh, remember where I started was the environment. It can be very, provide very negative signaling. And uh, those become negative epigenetic influences or factors. So we want to provide the body with lots and lots of good. We want to bathe your body in good epigenetics, good epigenetic factors. So that those things I just mentioned to you are, again, were recognized over a period of time as the main influencers, diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. That spells dress. Yes, <laughs> dress. It's easy. So I, I have, a, a we actually were granted a patent or a trademark by the U.S. Uh, trademark Association. They, they uh, said, yeah, this is a very unique um, system and it's obviously very successful. And so it's called dress for health success. It's really all you need to do because anything that isn't diet and rest and exercise and supplements falls under stress reduction. Now, that's where the environment comes in. It can be very stressful or the wrong foods for your metabolic type or, uh, you know, you name some other very stressful things. Um, diet's huge because it's, um, you know, it could be very detrimental, um, provide very negative signaling. Um, and so with that, when you're getting two birds and one stone, like we, for instance, we run a food sensitivity test. Well, you're covering diet. You're helping someone fine tune their diet with getting off the foods you're sensitive to. And food sensitivities are also a stressor. So you're getting double your money for food sensitivity testing as you go through the tests that we, that we offer and that we insist upon. It's, it's just how we work. It's, that's our system. All right, we're going to get back uh, to this discussion and continue. We just have a few seconds break and come back. Please subscribe to Pantel Calhoun Transition Channel and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Thank you for watching. Um, all right, you actually talk about a lot of things. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's really difficult to digest, but... Um, as you said, diet, I know everybody talk about diet, but um, I think it's better we talk about the customized diet, right? Not everybody's diet is the same because um, like in my, uh, in my practice, everybody say, oh, what should I eat? But as you see, um, by the time you don't have those uh, results ready for your, um, uh, for your lab, you don't know exactly what's happening to your body so the same diet is not going to work for everybody right right yes absolutely there's no one diet that's right for everybody if we go back to the concept of uh signaling there are some things 
good for everybody. Fresh air, sunshine, clean water. That's good for everybody. We know it. Um, there's some things that are bad for everybody, like pollution, you know, electromagnetic frequencies and blah, a bunch of stuff bad for everybody. But when it comes to food, it's a little bit different. You know, there are some that are bad for everyone, like too much sugar and, and pesticides, you know, the, the chemicals that are in food. That's bad for everyone. But what is good for everybody? You can't really think of anything because it depends who's eating it. It depends who's eating it. And there are food that are right for you, and there's foods that are not not so right for you, not as good. And so what's really important is to know, well, what um, is it about me that makes it good for me to eat, say, a certain amount of protein and fat and carbohydrates? And we know what those things are. It's very science-based. Um, it has a lot to do with uh, the rate which you actually burn fuel everyone has a different oxidative rate so oxidative rate becomes a major test for us we test everybody what's your oxidative rate it's as important as uh, a1c or blood pressure or um, many many other things uh, you know uh, God, i can tell you so many things we measure that we we just look for balance and so you've got to eat foods that fuel your cells according to your genetic requirements and those genetic requirements are different based on basically ancestry and genetics. And uh, you could just picture, let's say um, uh, for 25,000 years ago, all of your ancestors uh, ate a lot of meat and a lot of fat and very little carbohydrates. That's important to know. So that is, dictates the ox, oxidative rate, the amount of protein, fat, and carbon. That's, in a sense, the fuel mixture. So my, my people, 25,000, that's 500 generations, by the way, folks, 500 generations ago. Uh, my ancestors ate a lot of meat. Not, they didn't grow any grains or probably hardly eat much other than seasonal carbohydrates, you know, the fruit and um, berries and nuts and things they could pick off the ground or whatever um, but they didn't harvest anything um, they were hunter gatherers now you take a different person who's from let's say uh, the mountains of south america and they ate a lot of uh, you know corn and 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 plant materials and, and tubers out of the ground they dug up stuff and things like that. they ate some meat too so that's one very, very important feature about a person is their oxidative rate. And if you can match that, you're going to make huge strides forward in getting the diet that's right for you. You just get one. The first thing we do is we get the carb uh, to fat to protein ratios right. Now, so, so that's important. The other thing to consider, and this is a little bit tougher, is the the makeup of that food, which proteins, which fats, and which carbohydrates. Because the climate and the soils and other things going on in that environment were very, very different. So, for instance, where I came from 25,000 years ago, uh, the soil, you know, had certain nutrients, certain minerals, certain phytonutrients, uh, and that would go into the plants and the animals would eat the plants or they'd eat each other. 
but somewhere someone was eating and then we'd eat the, the those so we we had just have it's bred into your bones the nutrient requirements the vitamin uh balances the sort of body chemistry vitamin balances mineral balances things like that and that would be a lot different than those um uh south american mountain people you know different i mean it still have the same vitamins and same minerals but different levels and when you do that after millennia and millennia and millennia it's bred into your bones not only the fat carbon protein ratios that would be best for you but the mineral content and the vitamin content and these kind of things and believe it or not um you can figure it out. We have a system called metabolic typing, and uh, it, it's actually better than knowing who your ancestors were, because just knowing who your ancestors were isn't isn't good enough. We're so you know about twelve thousand years ago after the last ice age, the whole world just kind of exploded into traveling and trade and commerce, and of course that's when agriculture uh, was established and spread. And all kinds of other things were established and spread, industrialism and things like that. So so the world has changed a lot from 25,000 years ago. So even if you know who your ancestors were, <clears throat> and I've done the gene test, 23andMe and all that stuff, I'm 2% Neanderthal. <laughs> My mom says, I knew it. <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, I, I, uh, it's not even that good. It's much, much better today to use the other things we know about metabolic typing to figure it out again, because yeah. of intermarriages and travel and um, things like that. So we have a system. So do you believe in vegetarians? Like being a vegetarian? I think there are people who do better on um, higher levels of high quality carbohydrates there. That is a fact um, as to whether you can get by without any, meat for some religious reason or some some other sort of um you know fly in the ointment kind of a thing i i've seen some very healthy vegetarians um but i'm not one of them mm -hmm. you know so, I, I i'm an omnivore most people are omnivores that means you know we we all kind of descended from hunter gatherers um, some people had, again, it's what you had accessible in your climate environment and geography. The, the geography is incredibly important. So for some uh, places where for thousands and thousands and tens of thousands and maybe, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, there was lush grasses, grasslands with, with where they could get seeds and, and these kind of things. Um, that's bred in their bone. Um, so there are people who do very well on higher carb diets if they're quality carbs, you know, I mean, we, we yeah. So the answer is. Depends. You know, okay. I can, I can deal with the vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are not vegetarian. Like to have to, you know, you, you just have to work so hard to get the same quality. It's the high purience in the protein that you, you're going to miss. So. Yeah. Um, it's difficult yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, yeah, compensate the protein actually. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to talk more about metabolic chaos as well, because I really, uh, I know you all always concentrate on this uh, word. Can you talk about this a little bit? 
Oh yeah, I'd love to. So when remember I'm in the office and I'm testing thousands of people and I have a lady come in and she says, uh, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, having this, uh, problem, you know, and I, I could look on her face and see that she was very unhappy. And I said, what's, what's wrong? She goes, well, it's this, it's this 40 pounds of weight that I have. And I said, well, what are you doing about it? You know, I mean, a happy guy. What are you doing about that? She goes, there's nothing I could do about it. I'm on this medication. I've been on it for two years. And I'm taking this medication because I get the hives on my skin if I don't take this medication. And it's making me gain weight, this medication. And so she said that she'd been to the doctor just in the last couple of days for who, who prescribed this. And he told her, she said she's very unhappy with this extra weight. And he said, lady, you can be fat or you can have the hives. Take your pick. And she said, well, that's really depressing. And he said to her, she says, well, I can give you some antidepressants if you'd like. And that just really upset her. So she passed on the antidepressants. I could just tell the look on her face was so sad. And I said, well, listen, did you ever try to find out why you get the hives? What? What do you mean? I said, did you, you know, you get the point. You know, I said, well, you could just find out why you get the hives. Something's giving you the hives. You don't have to just take medication to, to make them go away. Matter of fact, whenever she worked out to a sweat or if she took a hot shower, she still got the hives, even on the medication. So she couldn't work, even work out to, to sweating and take hot showers. So um, I sent her home with a couple test kits. In a very short period of time, we had the mostly foods that she needed to invite uh, to, to, to avoid. And within just another week or so, she was taking hot showers. She was working out to a perspiration. She was off her medication and she was losing some of that 40 extra pounds. And this happened very quickly. And I was amazed at that. Right. But the next person that came in who had a problem that I thought, boy, I know the answer. I know exactly what to do here. And this happened over and over. It didn't help at all. I had another case uh, where I had a boy, the lady, she was coming in for care. And she said, asked me if I worked with kids. Said, yeah, I you know, helped raise four kids. I have a, uh, I coach football, youth football for 15 years. Yeah, I know about kids. Um, why? Uh, <clears throat> what's going on? She says, well, at school, my nine-year-old boy, they're telling me that he's misbehaving. They says he has uh, ADD. And they, they want me to put him on medication for his ADD. And she's very sad about that. And I said, well, um, do you think he has a medication deficiency? <laughs> and this is going to correct that. And we laughed about that. But, but, but I ended up doing a couple tests on the young man. And uh, I give you my word, within just a couple weeks after we changed his diet and some things, the principal of the school tracked me down. And said, what did you put Billy on? As if it was just some pill. So I gave him something, you know, to make the ADD go away. And no, what we did is we found an underlying contributor to the neurological problems he was having that was causing him to not be able to pay attention and to poke around at the other kids and stuff. Um, I would have said, maybe you just have boring teachers and maybe that's why he's not paying attention, you know, but that didn't. <laughs> Not there. So, miracle, right? 
miracle. There's some cases like that. But then the, the next uh, young fellow with ADD, exact same thing. It didn't work quite as well. That's when I coined the phrase metabolic chaos because there's just things upstream. And when you think you know it all, your, your body, this chaotic, uh, you know, in, upstream environment in the body, these metabolic processes. And that's why I call it metabolic chaos. So I offer no diagnosis for anything ever. It's not my job. You know, you've had enough diagnosis. What you need is to know what are the healing opportunities upstream. Can we uh, remove something or correct a deficiency or correct an imbalance or whatever it might be upstream that is filtering downstream, creating a lot of chaos? I mean, it could bounce here and there and here and there, you know, and there could also be multiple causal factors. So these multiple causal factors are all crashing into each other, too. You know, all the effects that they're having. So it's impossible to sort out if you don't have a really good system. If you think it's run one lab, you know, like it sounds like thyroid and you check the thyroid. Yep. Pat myself on the back. I found your problem. And really, those those practitioners are just treating the paper. You know, exactly. I found your slow thyroid output. You know, here's your thyroid hormone to replace it. Well, that doesn't look far enough upstream for us. That leaves all kinds of healing opportunities off the table. You think you found the problem? Nope, you, you most likely didn't. And that's why people are caught in that cycle of trial and error. You know what I like about uh, your talk in PTSD? Um, you had, we had, we're gonna have a summit soon uh, with the trauma. Uh, in, in, what was the summit name? I forgot. <laughs> uh, and uh, I know for even for the PTSD and emotional trauma, you may have some underlying issues which is not even emotional. <laughs> you may have some physical issue which affect you, be angry and depressed. Because I see very good example. My daughter, when she's very hungry, she's angry. <laughs> and she yeah. doesn't want to play. She, she doesn't want to do anything. She, she, she's just hungry. <laughs> so, and that's happened to many people. And they don't realize that every piece of body is really related to each other. Because you, be, um, you may have some uh physical issues affect your emotional you have some emotional issues affect your physical body so it's it's so interesting that see how body yeah. works we say we would say she's hangry hungry <laughs> no hangry hangry hungry and angry together is hangry. oh i see <laughs> yeah yeah so, well listen if you're um not eating right your energy will go down and also your satiation it's, it's it's not fun to be unsatisfied by your meals and um there are key indicators for what satiation satiation is a uh, actual um thing you can grade so and obviously hunger and uh, another thing goes along with, with that it's good food if it's right for you between meals you should have some sense of well-being so if if you eat right, and I can't tell you how many people we change their lives around by just changing breakfast. Oh my God, I can't believe that two hours later, I'm still not hungry. 
I have no cravings. I feel fully satisfied and I uh, actually feel pretty happy. You know, I mean, a sense of well-being is what we call it. So imagine, can food do that? Yes, that's what it's supposed to do. That's what the right food for you will do. And so if you're walking around, uh, you know, grumpy for no reason and not satisfied and craving things, you're not eating right. Yeah, you didn't eat. The previous meal was not right for you. Either the protein, fat, and carb ratios were off, and they'd be pretty easy to dial in if you just try, try keeping track, um, or take our metabolic typing test. You know, at mtdiet.com, there's really a good test everyone could take. But um, uh, that's that's part of the dress program. Remember, it's not just the diet. You need to be well rested. You need to ha have good exercise and uh, be, you know, not not overweight and all kinds of things. You may need to be well hydrated. Um, there's lots of other types of stress that are environmental that will put you in a bad mood or make you your head spin, you know. Um, and and uh, finally, supplements can be very helpful. But back to what you said about the mental emotional. Um, as we're working with people, we find that it's the opposite of what you said. Your problem isn't that you aren't eating right and going to bed. And the problem is in your head that you, you, and these complexities within the uh, mind and emotions can be another hidden stressor. You know, so again, I throw everything that isn't diet, rest, exercise, or supplements into that. There's a hidden stressor in a racing mind can be resolved with diet and supplements and things like that, but it can also be uh, uh, resolved with um, training. You know, there's there's training on how to meditate and and close that or you know shut that racing mind off. You and and it starts with realizing you're not your mind, you're not your emotions, and you're not your body either. If I cut your arms and legs off, you're still you. And if we, if you, those thoughts that you're having, they're also just accumulated uh, junk, a lot of it. And emotions aren't much different than thoughts. They're just, as uh, one of my heroes says, those are just juicy thoughts. <laughs> emotions are juicy thoughts, you know. And so, but they're not you. You're not your thoughts or your emotions or your body. And so there's a way to, to uh, get some discipline around that. Yes. All right. Do you have your last words? Because we are finishing uh, the sure. show. Yeah. No, Something that I, make I, us happy and give us some hope of recovery. For, for, you, uh, and um, especially for people who are dealing with chronic disease. Yes. Yes. Uh, actually, as a teacher, you know that we're never done. We could talk till midnight. But um and go on and on but I, I wanted to bring it back not only for chronic disease like you just mentioned but because you wrote a book on fertility in the natural way i can't tell you how many people in all these years who had given up on getting pregnant and uh, i had i had a client once she was coming in not for fertility but for something else she was overweight she was tired she was fatigued she got headaches she had foggy thinking and just just general malaise, you know, and she wanted to hire a health coach. Um, we, we didn't use that term back then, but uh, she, we started working together and I ran all my labs, hormone immune, digestion, detoxification and so on. Uh, we put her on a dress 
for health success program, just straight up like anyone else. Same thing I do for my mother. Just it's what I do for everybody. And a few months later, she, she uh, my phone rings. I pick it up and it's her. And she goes, read, read. It's, you know, Karen or whoever. Uh, she goes, I go, yeah, what's up? I thought something was wrong. And she goes, I just have to tell you how happy Scott and I are here and we're pregnant. We just came back from the doctors and we're pregnant. I go, well, congratulations. That's great. What, you know, why is she telling, telling me? And she goes, no, no, you don't understand. This is you. This is you. You're the one who got me healthy enough to have a baby. And so I just, she wanted to thank me, of course. And so I just want to tell that little story. It's very true. And it happened more than once, many times, that when you get healthy enough, your baby will, you'll, you'll then be able to conceive. There's things in the way. There's, there's just, your body doesn't need to be getting pregnant if you're not healthy. It's not a good time to get pregnant. And maybe your body's smarter than you are if you're infertile. Now, there could also be um, pathology and there could be some serious things. But in so many cases, it's not. It's just that you're not really in a position to conceive a healthy um, child. You know, it could also be the husband's fault, but but just most of the thing. as soon as we got the women healthy, they got better. So that applies to all chronic disease, fertility, any, anything you want to talk about. Yes, thank you so much. My next book for this uh, fertility series is going to be about male fertility. And uh, as you said, because I, I believe that not only women, male, uh, men also should contribute uh, as a healthy partner. Because if you are not both healthy, so it's not going to happen. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you so much, Reed, for being here again.